getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. In this week's episode, we talk about intuition, confusion, and the surprising number of animals that live in our home. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Getting to Know Woo. I guess you already know that. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully this is not an accident. (laughs) Oh, maybe it is, and it's a happy accident. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, I'm fighting off some some tiredness. We donated blood today. Mm-hmm. Um, our oldest child was really excited to donate blood on their 16th birthday, but we didn't know they needed ID, so they couldn't. They just like yeah. blood. Yeah. Well, they like yeah, right? they like blood, and they like donating blood. Uh, they told me today that they like they can feel the blood <laughs> leaving their leaving their body which sounds so creepy to say out loud when they're donating and and it they like that sensation so so yeah we donated blood today and that does i have low iron levels so now you know that about me and (laughs) i almost wasn't allowed to but it's making me a little sleepy but i won't let it affect anything anyway no you won't be able to tell the Mm -mm. difference Mm -mm. no You'll be like, she said that at the beginning, but this sounded the same as always. Yeah. And it was The great. last three times. Yeah. So <laughs> we were thinking about what do the people want to hear? So by the way, if you do have any questions for us, you can email us at gettingtoknowwoo at gmail.com. Like if you're wondering anything about, I don't know, any questions about woo or about us. Yeah. Um, anything that you would like maybe suggestions of what you'd like to hear us talking about. But because this is often we I was we were thinking it could be a check in. But I was thinking that a lot of people do ask me about how many animals do we have? And um, and do we want to give that answer? And do we want to give that answer? (laughs) But really what I was thinking was I thought it might be interesting for people to know our animal origin story in terms of how we became people who rescue so many animals. If you're not interested, <laughs> you can just fast right forward to where I talk about intuition. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I might suggest that if you're not interested at all, there might be some fast forwarding in your future. Right now, uh, today. Well, yeah, or in, I mean in general. I like, mean, we don't really talk about animals a lot. Well, we're only three episodes in, but we're, <laughs> we're introducing this as a, as a topic. So. Well, it All is right. a big part of our relationship identity in some ways. I mean, it is as if we have a little farm, hmm. an animal uh, farm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a domesticated are... animal farm. <laughs> right, right. And not the George Orwell kind. Um, when we go on vacation, right. they do not try to take over. No, I maybe I wish. It's interesting you say that, th- that you think of it as part of our relationship identity because I, I don't think of it that way. I don't know that I have thought of what uh, our relationship identity <laughs> consists of before you just used that phrase, but it, well, it, it, it struck me either. as, oh, all right. But I mean, no, it's just that... We're both in territory here. <laughs> I just... You know, I've never had this kind of, this many animals in any other relationship. And it feels very much like it's the both of us. It's not just me (laughs) or it's not just you. It feels like that was, like it started off. So to just, you know, real quick, we 
first, when we first met, I was living in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in this apartment that had a bunch of feral cats that would come outside to like right next to my, I lived in a basement apartment and there was a bunch of them in the backyard. Right. It was super stressful, but for me, because I get very worried and it was cold and, you know, I didn't like it. And then we moved pretty quickly in together to Park Slope, Brooklyn. And I don't know, very quickly I found out about all these feral cats in this person's (laughs) apartment, outside their apartment. And you, I was like, oh, actually, I am remembering right before this, before we met, there was some other feral cats. And I just realized how triggered I was by them. Mm. And I was going to help this lady and... It didn't work, and I couldn't. It was that was after we met. I thought no, no, no. This was before we met. We're talking about second story Judy or whatever. That's second story Debbie, but no, Debbie. Debbie (laughs) was great. She was not. Yes. Okay. Um. No, Debbie helped us. That wasn't me helping her. No, no, no. So anyway, long story short, Brett, as he often does, will saves the day and he was like I'll do this for you you don't have to go do this because I would just get so upset about these poor little kittens out in the freezing cold and there are so many of them it's so, so overwhelming oh god so anyway we did happen to catch most of them and get them all homes which was shocking because a, a lot of them were extremely feral <laughs> <laughs> I feel <laughs> I don't know. It was I, I can't even believe we got homes for those cats. But we didn't get homes for all of them, but whatever. We're not going to go into that story. <laughs> Long story, not short, I guess, is it just started our journey cuz you started helping. I would initiate it and be yeah. like these people need help. We moved to LA. It's also overwhelming there, but less triggering just because it's not so it's not ever cold. Oh, I was going to say maybe less triggering because I was the one doing the trapping. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always was the case except for that first time I did. I was going to say I don't remember trapping in. Oh, New York. I guess it was just me then that time. Yeah, I don't but think you I... did help. No, you did help because you took them in. I think. But anyway, um, yeah, you were helpful though. <laughs> but I tried in L.A. It was definitely just me asking you to do it. Me finding out about these cats and then sending you off to do it. <laughs> and it's really hard there because there's so many cats and yeah, not the it's just out of control. Yeah. there And here it's so much easier where we are in Asheville. Um, there's just somebody who does it and like it's very motivating and, you know, it's a less big population but anyway long story again how many times am i going to say long story not short oh my god i don't know should we start a pool no we shouldn't so (laughs) so we just ended up taking well when i i will say that when i was 21 i did my first cats i ever got on my own i went into the place and i said who are your least adoptable cats Mm. and they sent me these two cat they were like these two and so that always has been on my mind like i want to take the cats that nobody wants i would say and that we, is generally our mo yes. for adopting yes so that is what we do but it just ended up like you once the floodgates <laughs> open <laughs> hard to stop well but I, we know, have stopped i think except that we just took in two kittens yeah i, do, I am not ago. convinced we've stopped i am at all i, am. I mean we should for sure <laughs> stop <laughs> <laughs> we have 11 cats upstairs and then the other thing is we have okay we have six leukemia cats in our finished lovely nice basement because they're (laughs) they are contagious but they are also most of them are part of this rescue organization so they'll pay for any of their medical fees etc we're just doing them a favor so in my mind i like to pretend those aren't part of the count (laughs) just to help me not feel like we're crazy (laughs) yeah i well you know it's interesting because we did not start adopting 
insane numbers of cats until we got here. And I think that that well, was partly because we had... We had six cats when we moved here. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't think that's... Like, I think if you if we told people, oh, you have six cats, uh, people would be like, oh, wow, that's a lot of cats. But I don't think anyone would have the No, we had seven. We, have... we had seven cats. We did? We uh -huh. had... We had the Greg. six of the main six, and then we had um, Billy. Billy. Yeah, so we yeah, had seven okay. cats. Well, and so it's not that much of a difference. Before we adopted, <laughs> two weeks ago, we could have said we had eight cats, if we don't count the leukemia cats, which I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that is some kind of like ridiculous mental mm -hmm. gymnastics that you're performing to say that we don't have it's those very cats. easy there's no well, flips involved i just turn well, I one know. switch and then well, i'm like yeah, no exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist no no gymnastics well, anyway that's and then we also have three dogs <laughs> <laughs> also rescues so really uh -huh. the upshot of this is adopt don't shop mm -hmm. um, tnr i mean it works yeah. if you work it. And people do get pretty upset if you get judgy about um, breeding, animal mm -hmm. breeding. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, an Aquarius. I'm very live and let live in pretty much every single area except if it doesn't hurt anybody. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. Yeah. Um. And and I and this and so when you are buying from breeders, you are hurting animals, which I feel more honestly connected to, or I certainly have than humans. Yeah. Growing <laughs> up, my cats were growing up in like in an emotionally abusive home. My cats were the only consistent and only real source of unconditional love. So yeah, I feel very you know, devoted to that. And people do get, they're like, you're being judgy. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> I am being judgy. Yeah. And that's, I guess I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> I don't want people to feel judged because I have love for people. But at the same time, it's like, if you're like, there literally are millions to, I think it's two or three million animals that die every year just because there's not enough homes and if people are breeding that number if there yeah. weren't any breeders that number anyway this wasn't meant to be that but <laughs> it does feel like I, we wouldn't have to have so many animals if there weren't breeders and it's one yeah. thing if like you well, just don't yeah. like animals okay it's not in everybody's dna to love animals i get that yeah like you know everyone has their their things but if you love animals i don't know why you you know you can f take the time to to do what you have to do to you not mean to like find from a breeder. that works for your family or yeah because yeah, there are even purebred rescue organizations like if yeah. you're committed to a certain breed for whatever um you know characteristics mm -hmm. that you want there's almost always an organization that will adopt one mm -hmm. out well, anyway, now that we have perhaps alienated people, but sometimes <laughs> you have your soapbox, and guess what? This is mine. Yeah, well, this uh, is my it's soapbox. an important one. I think so. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think this is part of our relationship because Brett wakes up every morning very early, no matter what, to walk the dogs and feed the cats. Yeah. And um, he never complains. And um, I think that's a big part of our relationship. It's kind of like having kids. Yeah, yeah. Kids feed I mean, themselves at this point. <laughs> yeah, thank God. That's... We don't have to get up with them. But <laughs> you're still true. getting up with... See, I don't... And, okay, we're going to move on, but I don't know if I want dogs after... A big dogs after oh, this. Boy. But yeah, we should well, move yeah. on. Cause... Okay, we're going to move on. So it's... We're <laughs> so on. Maybe one of few points of contention between us mm -hmm. yeah um are we content yeah how why is contention contention is a means you know a bad thing and content means happiness contention 
It means unhappiness. Well, contention is or, the uh, noun form of contend. Like we are uh, like like a contender. Like we're in we're uh, putting forward our our opposing ideas. Whereas contentedness would be the noun. But form contention of is spelled with a T, not a D. So it should be contention. Well, I don't think there. I mean, there's no D I O N. I don't think, but I mean, I don't I know why. See. That so is, they added the shun on the end yeah. of that. Well, you've solved right that problem. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think that's right. When I was, um, you know the story, but when I was nine and I used to play the violin, I had a Russian violin teacher who used to touch my shoulder or my neck and say, don't be tension. Don't be contention. And then he got arrested years later for um, setting his apartment in New York City on fire. So he had a lot of contention. I always always forget who it is that said don't be tension to you. Um, Okay, guys, we're moving into the woo content now. Here we go. So if you fast forward here, welcome. Here we go. Maybe you can put a time stamp (laughs) on there of when we've... Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, no, I can. But before you do, listen, oh my gosh, thank you so much again for all of your reviews. I mean, not again, reviews. to the new people, we yep. should do some kind of giveaway or something just as okay. a thank you, you know, for writing these reviews. Like I'll come and, and we'll take start care of their animals. From the beginning. <laughs> no. <laughs> then who will take care of yeah. us? <laughs> um. You know, maybe I'll give away like one of my workbooks or a meditation series or something like that. Oh, well, yeah. So um, I'll think about it. But yeah, in the meantime, we'll, we'll have it ready for next week. But in, yeah, but I'll we'll we'll take from all of the reviews that have been written so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we really, really appreciate it. So you can go to Apple Podcasts to do that. Um, and we already mentioned you can email us at getting to know woo. And we should set up a mailing list for them. But um, and was there something else we were going to mention? Oh, yes. yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah, please tell a friend. Word of mouth is a very powerful uh, resource. So if you like this podcast, um, feel free to share it with a friend. You can uh, just send it right over to them by email or oh, you can even email. tell them about it Ooh. with your mouth. Whoa. Write yeah. them a letter in cursive. Oh. Yes. Put stickers uh, on it. I love that. I love <laughs> mail. <laughs> when you said in cursive, I thought you were going much like way in the past for your red, like, uh, like we're going to send like with a wax seal and like. Oh, I um, do have a wax seal. And deliver seal. it. I know you do. I but think, did I get stickers that? From... And I... <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I get that wax seal from Goddess Provisions? I may have. I believe you did. Goddess Provisions is currently an affiliate of the show. So. I don't know if that's going to keep happening, but um, one way to help that is to order from. <laughs> Wait, where do they get the in the show notes? It's in the show notes. Every time okay. there's a link to uh, Goddess Provisions that sends you using our affiliate link. Yeah. And then we just get a little bit of a commission. It's really nice. And I am obsessed with Goddess Provisions. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're really and they're great. vegan and cruelty free, and it's just like all kinds of nice woo woo stuff. I mean, I have so much like a wax seal. I mean, you wouldn't know that was woo woo, but here with we are. wax, with wax. They didn't just leave you hanging, like give you a wax seal with no wax. Yeah, to seal they weren't with wax. like go into the go into to the, the wax fort. store. Yeah, to the fort. The forest <laughs> oh, forest. Find, get some wax. Where does wax some... come from originally? Um, well, you know, I don't know. There's beeswax, hmm. obviously, um, but mm-hmm. I don't know where non-beeswax comes from. That hmm. is a blind spot for me that I'll rectify uh, okay. when we're done recording. Great. Maybe you'll put that in the show notes. JK. Um, <laughs> okay. And now it's time for getting to know intuition. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Oh, thank you. Um, so listen, I have noticed that this is where I think that I help people the most is 
helping people be in touch with their intuition. And it's something that I hear a lot of people struggling with. And when they come to me, I would say that especially like um, I work with some people um, over a three month period. And I would say a fair number are like uh, one of their goals is or if not their main goal is how do I know myself better. I feel confused a lot or how do I clear stuff out so that I'm not so confused um, or not even confused, but just not sure of what they know, like carrying other people's energies. This is something you hear a lot about with empaths. They take on other people's energies. So you pointed out that my kind of my origin story with energy healing, which is a lot like our guest from last week, Britton LaRue's, is that when I found energy healing and when I started training in it and clearing out my energy, I suddenly was um, like through energy techniques such as, let's say, um, just breathing in light and and clear and uh, intending to clear out what isn't mine. Mm-hmm. Um, having that go down my grounding cord, having a vacuum down there and just clearing it out, calling my energy back to be being aware of my boundaries, being a first step. Um, that helped me to suddenly start hearing my intuition better, hearing my own information better because it wasn't so cloudy. And something that I have been looking at a lot lately, and actually I'm going to be doing a class for, or I'm submitting like my little portion to Britain's class also on around this subject is around codependency. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things. One thing I notice when people are like, I'm confused. The first thing I notice is they will tell me what they're feeling or what's going on with them. Let's say, um, I'm really unhappy in this relationship. I don't like X, Y, and Z. Um, I really don't want to be in any, in it anymore. I'm confused. (laughs) And I mean, and I'll be like, it sounds funny when I say it that way because yeah, it sounds yeah. like so clear. But right. when I'm talking to them, it's like, well, you just told me you aren't confused. You're right. actually very clear. I can so relate when, very much to that. Uh, yeah. From different previous times in my life. Yeah. Previously in Brett's life. <laughs> On Brett's life. <laughs> so when, what I notice in that particular situation around, quote unquote, not hearing their intuition intuition is an inner child part that is overwhelmed. That's what I will see in their space. Mm. Basically, an inner child part, and there's two things going on with that. One, it's an overwhelmed inner child that's like, I can't handle all this information. That's what the picture is with the inner child. I can't um, handle it. It's too much. So instead, what the person will feel overwhelmed with this and then just be like, I'm confused because of course Mm. a child can't handle all this information. Right. You know, if you were to say to a nine-year-old, oh, this relationship is really bad. You need to go. (laughs) A nine-year-old would be like, oh my God, I can't go. Ah, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Right, right. So what needs to happen in this case is compassion, like checking in, putting your hand on your heart, coming into your body, into present time, calming your nervous system, and then checking in with that inner child part to say like, okay, what do you need? How can I, and letting that part know, hey, I'm here. This actually isn't your burden. I'm here. I can, I'm going to make a list or whatever it is that you like to do to make decisions. Um, But this isn't all on your, none of this is on your shoulders. I hear you that you're confused or that you're overwhelmed. The other thing that I think is really important, I made a little video about this on Instagram, but I'm going into more detail here, um, is this idea of, okay, I know I hate this relationship, so therefore I have to leave, but I don't want to leave. That's scary or that's I'm not ready. So therefore, then I'm confused. So another thing I really like people to know, like, is well I was going to say to have give themselves permission that to know what you know doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. You like know, you don't you have can... to yeah you don't have to shove it away say it's not there 
yeah. to like you can both know it and not be ready to act on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I told the story a lot on Magic Monday, my previous podcast, but I was in a relationship from 21 to 24. And the whole time I was active, I knew it wasn't good. I mean, pretty quickly. But I also knew I wasn't ready to leave emotionally. And mm. so I spent that time going, doing inner child work, going to therapy, working on myself. I didn't have my energy healing tools yet. But all of that stuff to until I felt like, okay, now I'm ready. And, you know, that relationship for multiple reasons was not, I couldn't be honest with that person or I couldn't have open communication. It was for multiple yeah. reasons. So I'm just saying like, whatever the thing is, like you can know, oh, this job, a lot of times people will not know, oh, don't want to own their intuition around their job, for instance, if they hate their job. But if you can know, okay, I don't have to leave it though, then what would you know about, about it? You know, what, what do you really know? Because the thing is, when you're telling yourself you're confused, you are blocking off not just information about that, but a about everything really right. when you're shutting down your space energetically you you are shutting down trust because your inner child yes. you will have an inner child part that's like no i i you know they're not listening to me so i'm not going to tell them how i'm feeling so everything starts to kind of shut down and become a big mishmash and then right. it's hard then energy healing tools alone are only a temporary fix because there's a lack of trust going on that you're being heard by the center child. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like what the confusion is coming from a lot of times is from a fear of that next step. Is that what you're saying? Like, like I, I need, know I need to leave my job. I'm afraid to, or I know I need out of this relationship, but I don't know what that will look like, or I am worried yeah. I'm incapable or whatever. And so that it becomes easier to be confused than to acknowledge I'm too afraid to do it or whatever. Would you say that? Yeah, true, I would or? say that's a lot of times the truth. Um, it can also be something like, you know, low self-worth, beliefs mm -hmm. um it can be you know i mean it can be a lot of different things but that is definitely one and also just feel if you don't have a strong inner parent as the one leading the ship steering the ship so to speak right. then that part's going to feel overwhelmed for many reasons because it's just not up to the task it's a truly is an, an inner child it's a child that feels because a lot of times when we're triggered like that, we go back to a childhood state. We go back to the time when we first felt that. And so then we're asking that age in ourselves to be handling that burden. So it can be many things. Yeah. Well, and just to clarify for some listeners, when you say we go back to, like you mean like you revert to the coping strategies that were developed at that age. It's not as if you somehow now seem to people outside of your own right, head, like right. you are behaving like a younger child. Like it's just those coping strategies were built then and they worked and you haven't questioned them yet. And so they are what gets brought out when those triggers are present. Would, would well, you agree with I that? would say mostly that's true. I mean, depending on how bad it is, you can appear like a child to be, you know, you've, we've all interacted with a grown person acting like having a tantrum, like a little kid. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. so there, it, if it's bad, you, it can seem like, I mean, of course we're trained to not think of people that way, <laughs> but right. I actually find it to be helpful to be like, oh, that their inner child yeah, is just yeah. completely <laughs> taken over. And the other thing is it is, it's not just a matter of, oh, you haven't been aware of it. Now you're aware of it. It's done. Depending right. on how, ingrained that is in your psyche it's not it depending on the part you know hypervigilant parts for instance are so i still struggle with my hypervigilant part i meet new dimensions of that part this mm -hmm. week has been especially so for me like that is a super sticky one it 
definitely is developed in trauma. Um, so yeah, it depends. But the number, the first tool is awareness for sure. And sometimes that is enough if, uh, if you are mindful and aware, sometimes that's enough to get you in your inner adult to, to be able to have a broader perspective and not the myopic right. perspective of an inner child whose goal it is to just stay safe. Right. Right. And, and yeah. To and stay safe. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, to stay safe. That means using those old tools. Right. That's how, what they think. What were you right. going to say? Well, I was just going to say that their idea of safety is not always that safe emotionally. No. Their idea yeah. of safety is usually the opposite. It's like, right. it's like surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And surviving in an environment that wasn't healthy. So yeah. the other thing is, um, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say um, just that my own struggle to like learn to hear my intuition has definitely been ongoing. And so like you can have your intuition blocked in like where you can see the blockage more clearly because of one specific circumstance but if you are if you are blocking it there i w- would you agree that there's probably a good chance you're blocking it in other places like you're just sort of like finding ways to shut out your your own information in in a variety of places well yeah that's what i was trying to say before is if you're blocking it in one place that means it's I think, didn't I say that? But if uh, you're... Yeah, if like you did, if I, I, I did not uh, hear uh, it that way. That, yeah, you can't... Essentially, if you're resisting in one area, you're resisting everywhere, mm. usually. And yeah. so if you're, your energy field... The, the, oh, you did hear me say that, because I was saying that the inner child doesn't trust you as much. If you, which, like, if you're saying like oh no no, don't worry it's not a big deal like okay my job's okay it's fine don't worry about it then the inner child will feel okay I'm not being hurt I'm gonna shut off I'm not gonna say what I'm feeling I'm gonna ignore I'm not it's not safe to share what I'm feeling and then that will happen in other areas where it's like oh I'm not I can't share what I'm feeling because I'm not being heard so what's the point and that will that essentially is blocking off your intuition it's not just shutting off the inner child, right? Like, doesn't like the inner child will stop communicating with you, but they will still continue to act out in the way that they believe will preserve everybody's safety, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're not communicating, which this is the point about intuition. I feel like sometimes when people are like, I want access to my intuition, it sounds like some kind of sexy metaphysical (laughs) term like it's like oh if i was enlightened i have my intuition when actually i believe for the there's two ways to hear your intuition one really is your inner child Mm -hmm. the other is a higher self but if you are the irony is if you're blocking hearing your inner child if you're not taking care of your inner child you're actually merging with them so it's just you and them because you're blocking the um, wise parent. Right, right. And you're just merging with this part of yourself. You're like, I'm not going to listen. I, I can't do anything. I'm not going to, sh- I'm not showing up as the wise parent. So I'm merging with this inner child and I'm overwhelmed and I'm not, I'm just going to, ah, okay, I'm not going to act. But that blocks you from the wise parent, which is also how you get intuition and also has helps you to have more access to your higher self. So yeah. it's kind of, it's multidimensional. The more you listen to just your hashtag basic feelings, <laughs> the more access you have to your highest knowing. And also a lot of times your highest knowing is in that inner child. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, I don't know if this connection makes sense to everybody, but but in the religion that I grew up in, there actually is something not entirely unlike intuition that's taught. It, they, they, I, I grew up Mormon, and there's the belief that there's you know God, Jesus, and uh, the Holy Spirit, um, and that the Holy Spirit is your you know helps you to make decisions that are the right ones by prompting you, and if you aren't 
like listening. If you aren't listening to them, they are hard to hear. And so it it feels to me like a co-opted version of your intuition of like your intuition can be very quiet sometimes. And if you're, and if you're not trying to hear it, or if you're dismissing it, when you do hear it, then it can become harder to hear it. Um, But the way that it was presented to me growing up was with an answer already. Like you're going to hear it and it's going to tell you to do this specifically Um, (laughs) instead of like, you're going to be getting information and you should trust that information. It it was always like, well, if you don't feel the right answer from your, from, you know, this source, then you're, Mm -hmm. then you're in a bad place. So, but just like the thing that I, that I, uh, that it reminded me of was just like the quietness of it. Like it can be, it can feel, it's not like you're going to get suddenly get like these blasts of, a, of like, uh, suddenly I know, I mean, maybe you will, but I, I feel like when, when I get information, a lot of times it is, um, it just, it seems like my own idea. And like, if I don't, or just like a thought that appears and if I, if, if I am not conscious of like paying attention for it, that it, that it can uh, that I don't re- recognize it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, it was a little rambly, but. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that sometimes it can feel, for me, depending on what it is, it can feel very strong, like a strong yes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel it resonant in my body. And I think that it's really about building trust because yeah, I think there really are a lot of, kind of what I was saying before this and what I feel about energy healing and woo-woo stuff in general is this mixed message of it's only for special few or it's right. all bullshit basically right it's like it's all stupid oh you have to listen really quiet oh okay like you know or <laughs> oh it's so quiet huh but it can get loud you will know the more you trust it the more you'll know, oh, that's what it feels like to hear a yes. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like when something is right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. And that's not, to me, that's not something that makes it invalid. It's just another way of being that is less, um, again, less touted than, or less people in general think is less valid and right. um the because you have to see it no it's got to be something you know prove it right exactly yeah. um so it is this sort of it's a combination of all of these things and i do think energy healing does help a, if you are doing to me i mean i'm sure there's a million other ways but my in my experience for me what is most helpful and obviously when i work with people i think it is too or I see it to be true, is that combination of clearing out the energy, especially if you have been codependent and taking on other people's energy for a while on an energy level and listening to yourself. That's a magic combination to be able to hear yourself better. Oh, that's what I was going to start to say about codependency. Something that I've noticed energetically is that when you're codependent, meaning you feel responsible for other people's feelings, you want to take care of them, you're very focused on the external. Am I getting this valid? Am I serving people enough? Am I getting the validation from people, which is something that I have struggled with for a lot of my life? Um, Because I was taught to be codependent, you're automatically your energy gets um how do I say this? It's like the energy gets very, fo- obviously, is focused outside of you and your inner energy field contracts. It's like, mm. no, there's no room for my information. It's like your energy feels, field knows it almost. Mm. It's like an intelligence. It's like there's no room for me here. So it contracts and all the energy is being Um, because your energy is limited, is focused on the outside. So the more that you're bringing it in, clearing out other people's energy and then focusing, okay, but what do I need? It creates more space for your information to come through because there really is a limited amount of energy. You can't bring in other people's information and think that is more valid than yours and bring yours in at the same pace. Right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, that has definitely been my experience that like when I was working on, you know, setting boundaries at work, um, for example, that when I got good about kicking other people's energy out of my own space, that it became easier that? to do. Um, well, I would actually very frequently use your uh, chakra clearing meditation um, oh. available for anyone who wants to sign up for the <laughs> mailing list. Um, no, but for real, I, yeah, it is good. like when I, <laughs> when I notice that I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, I mean, it's something I should really probably just start doing every day. Um, but definitely when I start to feel overwhelmed with like work or, or I mean, whatever, making sure that I clear out my own energetic space of like sending stuff back to other people and, um, you know, filling so up with like cold light, all in, of that, just intending it. to clear other people's energy. Okay. I thought you were going to say um, that when you would, when you started kicking people's energy out of your space, I thought you meant when you just started setting boundaries, like, okay, I'm not available for this meeting or whatever, oh. <laughs> no. which actually does create, it does affect your energy field. It does right. kick people out of your energy just by setting boundaries like that. It right. can. Right. It doesn't right. always, but it can. Right. Right. Well, but even after you set them like there are, there will still be, you know, people who try to ignore those boundaries or whatever. So who are still uh, maybe occupying or trying mm -hmm. to occupy your energetic space, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So you were just saying that you're just you do like basic techniques like that to yeah get people Real out of there. Basic, basic B. Bitch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one more thing I did want to say, and this is the last thing I'll say about this is I'm reading this amazing book on complex PTSD, um, by this guy, Pete Walker. We'll put it in the show notes, but What's he was, Do you remember? Uh, I don't, I think it just might be called, oh, I think it's called complex PTSD from, <clears throat> from surviving to thriving. Okay. Um, but. He was talking about, so basically there's the super ego and then there's what he calls, and many people call the ego, but he was describing that the ego is actually really your true self or like essentially the wise inner adult. And that when you um, are raised in abandonment or trauma or whatever, um, how, whatever shape that took, the super ego is the part that at least in part is responsible for learning the rules of what it takes to survive with your parents. Mm -hmm. So if you had to, you know, basically, and that develops before the wise self, essentially before the ego. Right. So if that part gets, Oh, is like, can only be focused on, on, figuring out the rules and surviving then the loving self-compassionate part of yourself doesn't get developed hmm. yeah and that is the part that you really need in order to hear your intuition in order to take care of that inner child so you can make more space because essentially the super ego is the inner child once you grow up hmm. so if it has own, that's why it can be so hard for people from trauma to I mean it is to love themselves like it right. has only been very recently that I've been able to figure out how to love myself <laughs> and that explanation of it that the super ego gets overdeveloped and and that's also where the hypervigilant part lives and all of that and yeah. so if that part is so intense that it can you know it just gets overdeveloped basically and then this loving self doesn't get it so right when I was looking at the energetics of it and just realizing energetically how important then it is to really be showing up for that inner child, even, you know, more than, I don't know, just like to let it know, oh, I'm an adult, I'm an adult, hey, I'm an adult. Yeah. Because you know, it really, it got so overdeveloped trying to figure this stuff out that like if somebody doesn't call you back, for instance... That if you don't, if all you have is the super ego, that part's going to be like, oh, shit, I got to figure out how to survive this person. Right. When it's like, oh, wait a minute, this person is barely in your life. 
I'm an right. adult. Look, it's not your mom not calling you back. Right. It's just some right. rando. It's okay. <laughs> like really yeah. working on that. So anyway, that all, even though I went on a tangent, helps to hear your intuition. Yeah. Do you, I, this is also a tangent. Um, okay. Do you want to say like a quick uh, explanation of what complex PTSD is? Oh, well, complex PTSD is basically if you were raised in trauma and you had a s over and over and over a situation with parents or caretakers where they were not taking care of you well, where they were either abandoning or rejecting or whatever, or it happened not just one time. PTSD is like, if I mean, the one most people know about is that if you're at war and you... Right. And it has, I mean, that's so simplified, but um, you have that those triggers from war and it's like all focused on that. Yeah. Whereas complex PTSD, it's many, and it comes with emotional flashbacks instead of other, the kind people most know. Yeah. The explanation that I heard, I think, is mm. like PTSD is like related to an incident or mm -hmm. like a, a like a, a temporally focused um, mm -hmm. incident, mm -hmm. and complex PTSD is the result of trauma over time, like repeated trauma over and over again. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and symptoms of it are much more emotional. I mean, not that mm. you can't also have emotional symptoms with PTSD. Obviously, it's incredibly terrifying and terrible. And and yeah. often, like if you if you have a flashback, you'll think you're back there. But with emotional flashbacks, you know you're not back there, but it feels like you are. Mm. Until I knew that was a thing, it was like, oh my god, starting to be able to recognize what an emotional flashback yeah. is is really intense and helpful yeah um, but yeah. symptoms of con i'm just googling it symptoms are feelings of worthlessness shame and guilt problems well it says problems controlling your emotions i mean there are a lot of of symptoms but you're right i would say it's um this is it's a disorder that can result from severe chronic or extremely threatening trauma but it can also i mean i will say i just feel like it can even be what people people may not even realize it that's the tricky thing with it it yeah. can be neglect but over time but not even in a way where it was like you may even be able to identify it that right. really makes it extra tricky yeah well it's like when you grow up in a dysfunctional family system it is still mm -hmm. your normal and it will right. take some people their whole lives to recognize that it's not or to admit that it was not healthy Okay. Oh boy, we've been talking a long time and now what we got to do so now it's time for the energy report. Okay, I'm going to make it fasties. Um so you know, again, I think I said this last week, but the first week of October has always felt a little murky for me from way back when when I was looking at the energy. But okay, let me just put it this way. My recommendation is to feel heart centered, like to breathe into your heart, feel connected to your heart. What I'm kind of sensing is around Thursday and for the week, and actually it's going to be a full moon coming up on Sunday. Oh, um, already? Yeah. But it feels sort of like it's possible that you could feel maybe turned around on Wednesday or Thursday like whew, I didn't either I didn't expect I feel like I've been saying that lately but just like it doesn't have to be in a major way but honestly the way I see it is like laying you were sitting and then all of a sudden you're laying flat on your back but it also has a feeling of connectedness in terms of your heart chakra like hmm. whatever is happening makes you feel more like oh my god I feel grateful for the people that are in my life I feel connected to my heart I feel great like being really aware of your gratitude will help it grow even more. And it is something about knowing more about who is in your life that you just, I guess, giving more value and appreciating what is there. Hmm. Um, it feels like there's more openness for that. 
it does feel very heart chakra to me. And then after the full moon, there is some kind of brightness that comes through. But I keep getting this image of being anchored in the heart chakra. Like Mm. whatever's happening, if you're caring for your inner child, if you're caring for yourself and feeling love and connection to the animals, the people, the circumstances in your life, that is going to be a really good anchor for Mm. the coming weeks even, like through this whole month, is bringing more conscious appreciation. And also there does seem to be more of an allowance for that. Hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. So the the sitting up and then like finding yourself flat on on your your back, back, flipped on your back. Um, that is just like a, a like a reversal of perspective. Do you think, or like well, it's of funny circumstance, you say or that because I do in some ways the image I'm getting is like, oh my god, and now I'm on my back. But oh, look at the sky, look at the stars. <laughs> it does kind of feel like <laughs> yeah, a, oh, that's a, like a, yeah. Did you pick up on like that perspective? Or? I well, yeah. I, I it because it was different. Um, than the way you had described it before. And so oh, I, I to see. try to understand. Uh, you mean to you one-on-one when I was talking? Yes. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yes, when okay. we were talking pre-show. I see. Okay. I was, I've been feeling into it more just like right now in the moment. And it does have that feeling of like, oh my God, how did I end up here? But so quickly, it's like, oh my God, look at the sky, look at this light. It's like, I mean, the yeah. stars, like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for being under these stars. And, and there right. is a genuine, like, it doesn't take too much effort to get to that place. And the energy does seem to get more forceful after the full moon. Hmm. Um, like more light. I almost see it like a shining light, like a beam of light coming out of the heart. Um, where you might be seeing more ideas, more possibilities, stuff like that. But it is still very much like very much grounded in this appreciation for life and yourself and um, the people around you, etc. So that's really what I'm feeling. It's interesting because I wasn't going to really pick a card, but I have these cards here and I was kind of drawn to pick one so i did and i just picked oracle card from wisdom of the oracle um and i got chop wood which means being grounded in an everyday experience humility Hmm. which feels like actually what i was talking about in some ways like it's like being grounded in your heart like being grounded Hmm. in like okay whatever's happening i'm still I'm grounded in my heart. This is my everyday. This is the people in my life. This is the, you know, house I live in. This is the, and I have gratitude and appreciation. So anyway, that's what I have to say about it. And thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you all so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye.